This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. One guy I wanted to bring up too quickly found his way into the lineup tonight based on morning skate lines with Krejci in those lines. Nick Felina was, was going to be the odd man out. Then again, do we know that for sure? Not necessarily, but at least as, as far as the morning uh, skate lines were. And obviously Krejci didn't didn't dress so Felino did end up playing and was able to get a, again a big goal in the third period to make it I want to say four nothing on a, yeah. a great pass from Taylor Hall and Felino, who worked his way back into the lineup after injury is that a is that, that's first of all it it's it is a good sign that he scored but just how did you guys feel like he played played tonight in addition to his goal which I'm sure will go a long way for him too probably pissed off he probably played pretty pissed off. Sometimes that's when, and I'm not going to lie, in my jobs before, I think I've said this on the podcast before, in my job before when, and I'm not talking about a WEI, but sometimes when I'm doing play-by-play, different employers, if they say something mean to me the game before, I do so much better the next game. And sometimes it's like, I'll show you. like, <laughs> And I feel like maybe that's what happened with Felino. It's it's like, I'm pissed off. Um this is why you should keep me in the lineup. This is what I can do. And not only did he find himself in the lineup, he found himself on the third line, um, not the fourth line, which he had played on earlier. Um, he found himself in a pretty good situation on that line with Hall and Frederick. So he was set up for success and he also came in with the right attitude. Um, I thought he, I thought he played well. I thought that line as a whole played really well. The, the fourth line didn't get a lot of time. Um, it had Lauko on it. He factors into the lineup in the playoffs for the first time, uh, with no sick and Hathaway. They called up Steen and they had, they had a full extra line of guys that could have gone. Um, uh, but I did think he proved himself and not that nobody had a good game, like pretty much nobody besides Marshawn, if, if we're being serious, like had a good game in game two. So pretty much every Bruins player looked better in game three and Felino was no exception to that. Yeah. And I also think, you know, I don't know if this is what Montgomery was doing, but I, I was thinking of like, okay, so they knew there was a chance Krejci was going to be out. So that means 
you basically have to have someone on standby, you know, someone that you tell, hey, go through today, prepare as if you're going to play. You might not, but like, here's a situation like 50 50 chance you're in. I do feel like Felino's probably better equipped to handle that than, you know, if you tell Lauco that. And like, not only, you know, has is he not used to that situation, but to kind of go through a day like that with uncertainty for your first playoff game, like it probably actually worked out better to tell Lauco in the morning, hey, you're in, you know, congrats, you're making your playoff debut and have Felino be the one who has to deal with a little bit of uncertainty because he's been around the block, he's more mature, and, you know, he's probably going to be able to respond and, and be able to hop in and get into that mindset if the call's made at the last second. So, uh, yeah, he, he he handled it well and had a good game. Um, I agree with you. Like, that, that line with him, Frederick, and Hall did play pretty well, and that was – you know, really thrown together at the last minute. Like, I don't, I don't guys have played together at all this season. I know, you know, Hall and Felino have been together as wings with Coyle in the middle. And obviously, you know, Frederick has played with both guys, but three together was definitely new. And yeah, with Frederick as know, the center, they, that's the first They time. brought good energy. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, definitely, definitely a good game for Felino, though. And he's, you know, look, obviously, like, their hopes and dreams don't live and die with Nick Felino, but he is important, like, if he can get back to playing the way that he was this season. And I thought, you know, the first two games, you sort of saw some up and down, where, like, game one, there was some some plays where he looked okay, and other, you know, shifts he was quiet. Game two was mostly quiet. I think he, he led, like, one good rush. And now I thought game three, you saw like a step back towards, you know, him getting on track and like really getting up to speed. And if he can do that, like that does make a difference just because of the way he plays and what he brings to the table and being a team leader. Like, I'm sure that wasn't easy for Montgomery to potentially uh, be sitting him. Like, I, I would have understood it because you know, the Bruins have needed more speed and, and Lauco brings that. Like, I, I get that. But when you're already down Bergeron, you know, to potentially take another veteran leader off the bench, like, th- there's definitely some risk there. So I think having Felino get to a point where you can comfortably keep him in the lineup game to game is good. And I think I think he probably did that Friday night. Like, if, you know, say Krejci's able to play Sunday – I think it's pretty clear that Felina would stay in and Loco would be the one who came out. You know, Loco played just over six minutes, um, lowest on the team, had a pretty tough turnover in his own zone early in the game, and actually went a little while without getting on the ice after that. Um, so, you know, I still like Loco's game. Like, I still think there will probably come another game this postseason where he's in and, and he makes a positive impact, but... Um, you know, you definitely saw Felino sort of show more maturity and make more of an impact tonight. Last thing for me, I want commentary from you guys on is just the the performance from Linus Allmark. Obviously, as we mentioned earlier, he was scheduled to at the you know least be a game time decision. He clearly he 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 did play, and he was about what four and a half minutes shy, maybe five minutes shy of a shutout. Obviously, the game ends four to two, and I think he had twenty nine saves, thirty one shots. But just your your guys's uh, 
opinion on how he played. Clearly, he played pretty well. Yeah, for sure. He he looked he looked really good, and that was, you know, that was another interesting call and, and a tough one. Like, it, obviously, he's dealing with if he's a game time decision, whether it is a lingering injury. Um, you know, Montgomery said he doesn't think it's related to last Tuesday when he left that game in Washington, but. Do we believe him? Do do we believe that? No. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we, we saw him move slow that one play in game two where he was a little slow getting up. Mm -hmm. So is it another injury? Is it that one? Is, is he the latest to get sick? Is that bug still going through the room? Like who knows, but uh, you know, kind of thought like, Hey, if I'm just dealing with anything, then just go to Swayman. Like Swayman's been so good. Uh, I'm assuming Swayman is, you know, a hundred percent or close to it because he's, he's been on the ice for every practice since, you know, Sunday he missed because of illness. He's been on the ice for all of them since like, I, I don't think he has anything lingering, but um, obviously they, you know, they saw enough from Elmark to go back to him. So, and, and it worked out because he played really well. Yeah, I and I think the plan was always to go back to Olmark, um, and that they just weren't sure they were going to be able to. So game time decision means you knew that was the guy you wanted to play. It wasn't a question of you know oh we're going to switch to Swayman. It was they wanted it to be Olmark, but was he healthy enough? And and at the end of the day, I think Olmark at ninety or ninety five percent is still better than most of the goalies in the league this year. So. Um, he probably says, hey, I think I'm good to go. I'm ready to go. And I feel like maybe this was his decision. And he and he was saying, oh, it was Tuka's back, if, if we well, look back a little bit of time, where he said, I was I'm just going to say, I, I actually hope it wasn't Allmark's decision. But like, I, I hope, like they, <laughs> I just I, I hope like they learned their lesson with Tuka because they, yeah, that's, they, that's they let I Tuka think. dictate it and they stuck with them too mm-hmm. long. So I, I hope they're not still doing that. Like, you you've got to have a little bit more of a critical eye and you know it, it worked tonight but like if Allmark is dealing with something or something pops back up and he's off his game like you got to be willing to pull that trigger and make that switch and that that can't be an Allmark decision because he's not going to pull the plug on himself no one at, is at the end of the day though you like you want to trust that he knows his body well enough to give you an honest answer with that right because nobody knows He's not what going you're... to players are no players going to give you an honest answer. They, they, they just, that. they just are not wired that way. Not in the playoffs. I, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt because I know I get Don't. mad at my doctors. I get mad at my doctors when they tell me something and I'm like, listen, you don't know me I know what my body's usually like. And I feel like I feel myself or I don't feel myself. So and the, this is the reason why I think it's different with Allmark and Swayman versus Tuka and Swayman is that Allmark knows the stakes and also that the next guy in line is just as good. So it's not like a gamble to put the next guy in. And it's not like they have a bad relationship or there's like this thought that, okay, this is a step down. There's not that. So I think they maybe trust him to be a little bit more honest with it because of just the pure 
different situation with the goalies and, and how they've performed this year. That is just my opinion on it. Um, I, I think neither of them are a hundred percent. I said that last episode, I think for Swayman, maybe it's the illness for Olmark lingering injury from Washington or whatever they're going to say. I don't necessarily believe. So um, I think maybe they're both 90% or they're both 95%. And at that point you decide on which goalie that's at 95% you want to play. And it was all Mark today. Yeah. I mean, I, I think obviously all Mark is not hundred percent because if you're hundred percent, you're not a game time decision, right? Objectively speaking. So that's apparent. And I do believe the Bruins would have played, played a hundred percent Swayman over a non hundred percent all Mark. But to that last point you made Bridget, I, I feel like there's probably something that is with Swayman too. And so maybe to your point, they're probably both a little bit less than hundred percent. And if that's the case, and like you said, go, go with who you want. Cause I do believe the Bruins would go with Swayman if he was hundred percent over a non hundred percent all Mark, you made the comment about all Mark at a 90%, 95% is better than most goals in the league. That's not the question. The question is, is all Mark at 90, 95% better than Swayman at hundred uh, percent. And probably, honestly, probably not. They're pretty close. So I think there's probably, like you said, there's probably something ailing both of them, but in any event, it worked out tonight. Uh, and I guess we'll see how it unfolds going forward. I, I would imagine Allmark is in game four, but maybe not. Maybe they'll start using Scott's rotation idea to kind of keep them a little bit fresher, which mm-hmm. that might be possible too. Yeah, and also the the turnaround from a Friday night to Sunday afternoon, a, a little shorter than normal. Not that that's like anything crazy. It's not a back-to-back or anything, but, you know, it's something to keep in mind. You're talking about, you know, Allmark hadn't started three straight games since December. I don't know the last time he started four straight. It might've been even before that. So, um, you know, like all, all kinds of stuff to factor in, but obviously Allmark played, played great in game three. So performance wise, no reason to bench him. It's just, you know, is what's his recovery like with whatever mm-hmm. he's dealing with, you know, can he, the turnaround to Sunday afternoon, is he going to be fine? Is, you know, does he need a little more time to recover? Like all that. So yeah, should be interesting. Yeah. Because usually in the playoffs, you're not talking about resting your goalie, right? You're talking about going with your number one guy, but in this situation, you're thinking, first of all, if, if Swayman's is illness, that should get better automatically as we get further and further into the series, like that recovery, there's at least a finite, time you're like okay each day this is getting better we know he's gonna put weight back on or he's gonna feel less dehydrated or when you're coming back from it from an illness so theoretically all mark could our swayman could be quicker to 100 percent, and all mark could need a little bit of rest and um the bruins have the luxury of resting their number one goalie in the playoffs so um they could do it at some point uh, there was, so I I'm very tired and I'm surprised my crankiness did not come out in this podcast. However, there were a few other things I wanted to talk about. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like your, your tiredness and crankiness just led to like a burst of energy right out of the gate. Like, yeah, you were just like, <laughs> I overcame you, you, you it. Stop. I did. I feel you're right. Cause I just started like, just like focusing. Um, but there were a few other things and I'm going to crash immediately after this. Um, there was a few other things. Uh, Grizzly coming back into the lineup. 
playing with McAvoy. Um, do we feel like the changes on defense uh, made a big difference, or do we maybe just feel like the defensemen tightening up their their game, their clears, their transition was the bigger deal here? Scott's lagging. Scott, you want to take that? Yeah, sure. I, I would say both. Like, yes, other guys, everyone kind of cleaned it up, but Grizzly going in also helped. Like, you, you side on the transition up to Coil on uh, on that goal. Um, you know, I think you saw him with a couple other clean breakouts, and like that's that's exactly what they needed. That's exactly what he brings. And then, yeah, everyone else, there, McAvoy, as we already said, is great. I thought Lindholm you know, it was maybe still not great, but better than, you know, a little bit better than he had been. Orlov, I thought, had a really strong game. So uh, both the personnel changes and guys just playing better helped. Yeah, I agree with that. Obviously, Grizzly helped out. I wouldn't – I mean, I think he could have gone in for, for Forbert instead of Clifton, and I think you you would have seen the same effectiveness. And I think as a unit, they were, they were ready to play. So I think it was – not it's not because Clifton wasn't playing that the D looked better. I think it was because Grizzly was in there for somebody. Can I address something that I that I heard on the radio today though? The, and this and just to say that this is stupid. Um, an unnamed person, <laughs> I will not say who, said if you're gonna bring Grizzly in, why are you putting him on your first pair? And I just like wanted to smack my head against the wall because. Grizzlick McAvoy has been a good pair the entire year. You're not bringing Grizzlick in and putting him with Forbert or, or like you're not putting him with Forbert or Clifton. You're not, if that's the guy you're bringing in and Clifton's coming out, where are you putting him? You're putting him with McAvoy. So anybody who is think was thinking, Oh, you know, he's going from seventh man to first pair. Like that's cr- No, that's just where he's played guys. Like, I don't know this person, <laughs> were you watching the season like that is where he plays so uh well, maybe my crankiness is coming on <laughs> what was the uh what was the second thing you wanted to you wanted to bring up after grizzly you had a few things a minute ago well also first just on that point like if one of the things that bothers me is like how hung up people get on how lines are listed or pairings and it's like yeah no like like the top guys are still going to play the most minutes no matter like you know people are making a big deal of like uh, I don't know, but like, because like, like I heard people on radio today saying too after the morning skate, like, you know, like uh, Trent Frederick on the first line with Marsha and Coyle, and it's like, who cares how they're actually listed? Like that Trent Frederick isn't going to suddenly be playing twenty minutes because he's listed on the first line. Like, you know, it, the 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 minutes still end up being what they are, and your top guys get them. And like, you know, how how you line up five on five doesn't, I don't know. People, uh, people over. Here's the sentence, right? Sports talk radio. You don't have to be right. You just have to say something that gets people interested. And so uh, that's where we work. But sometimes it drives me crazy because you don't have to know anything to base what you're saying off of. And no, like people will call in to yell at you, but that's fine because those are still people that are listening. So I don't know. It's opposite of what Scott and I do because, and Brian, 
but oh, thank you for of, mentioning me there. <laughs> in terms <laughs> I appreciate of, that. In terms of like journalism, like writing, we're not writing inflammatory things, or at least we're not trying to. You might think that we suck, but <laughs> at least we're not trying to. And and there was an angry text on the Twitch chat today that said, "We don't listen to Scott anymore because he predicted a sweep." <laughs> so they're mad at Scott. <laughs> well, they don't know what they're talking about. Scott, yeah, you know, Scott was just well confident yeah, that day. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, that that person can call into some escape and rip me. That that's that's fine. Yeah, they might. Um. So, what was that final thing you want to talk about, Bridget? I don't know. All right, maybe this is a good time to get to wrap things <laughs> up. Then I would say, Scott, do you have anything else you wanted to go over? Considering the fact that he's frozen, I'm going to say I think he's probably good. <laughs> No, he's still either pondering or frozen. <laughs> there you go. All right, Scott, say what you want to say. Anything left? Anything left, Scott? Are you good? Uh, no, I, I didn't have anything. <laughs> so, all right, all right. He's, he's just second. waving at us it. like nope. the inflatable. Guy. I'm getting a new computer yeah. next week. We're, we're, Yay! Hopefully, hopefully, we're not going to have to deal with this much longer. <laughs> yes, hopefully. All right, Bridget. Well, hand on the dial. Uh, Bruins play game four Sunday at three thirty. Thank you all for listening. We'll talk to you very soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.